Welcome to the Pusher Pivot Podcast, a podcast that inspires you to trust yourself in the crossroads of life. I'm your host, Thea Charles. As a life coach, I know that when you put fear aside and trust yourself, you'll know when to push through adversity and when to stop, reassess, and pivot. I believe magic happens whenever a pusher pivot story is shared. And that magic is exactly what you'll find here. I've taken a lot of history classes through the years, from AP American History in high school to Western Civilization in college. I was pretty deep into my adulthood before I learned about the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. The uprising is considered one of the most important events leading to the gay liberation movement. Upon further research, I was able to learn about pivotal members of the movement, like Marsha P. Johnson. 
I say her, but I am acutely aware that Marsha is from a time where people did not ask what your preferred pronouns are, and even the term transgender was not widely used during that time. It has been noted that Marsha seemed uncomfortable if called Marsha or she, her, when presenting as Malcolm. Marsha referred to her style of drag as not serious. Marsha found clothes at thrift stores, out of the trash, and handed down from friends. Marsha was known for wearing beautiful crowns made of flowers. The flowers sometimes came from the leftovers from the city flower district, where Marsha sometimes slept under the flower sorting tables. Marsha was one of the first drag queens to go to the Stonewall Inn after it started admitting women and people in drag. Prior to this, it was for gay men only. On June 28, 1969, the Stonewall Uprising started. It was a clash between police and the patrons of the club after the club was raided. While some credit Marsha for being a spark in the uprising, Marsha denies being there for the start. Marsha says she arrived as the crowd was forming about 40 minutes after the raid began. Following the uprising, Marsha joined the Gay Liberation Front and was part of their Drag Queen Caucus. On the first anniversary of the uprising, Marsha marched in the first Gay Pride rally and, with her dear friend Sylvia Rivera, founded STAR, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, to support young transgendered people, and created the Star House as a shelter for gay and trans street kids. In 1973, Marsha and Sylvia were banned from marching in the Pride Parade because of biases against drag queens. Not wanting to back down, they defiantly marched ahead of the parade. In an interview, Marsha said that her goal was to see gay people liberated and free to have equal rights that other people in America have. Hey, hey, what do you say? Pastor Bill, are you okay? Why are you here today? Darling, I want my gay rights now. I think it's about time the gay brothers and sisters got their rights, and especially the women. <laughs> how, how will this affect you and your job? Darling, I don't have a job. I'm on welfare. <laughs> I have no intentions of getting a job as long as this country discriminates against homosexuals. There's only homosexuals, bisexuals, and trisexuals, darling. And there's no straight people. Because yeah. it is trying out women, honey. Thank you very much for talking to us. Why are you here today? I'm here because of a dyke. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I hope they, you know, come to their senses and, and pass a normal bill. <laughs> That's what. Marsha's sense of style and larger-than-life personality caught the attention of artist Andy Warhol. In 1975, Marsha was photographed by Warhol for his Ladies and Gentlemen Polaroid Picture Series. Marsha continued her activism through the 80s and 90s. Marsha was part of ACT UP, a grassroots organization working to end the AIDS pandemic. Then, in 1990, Marsha was diagnosed with AIDS. Shortly after the 1992 Pride Parade, 
Marsha's body was found in the Hudson River. Marsha was 46 years old. Police ruled Marsha's death a suicide, but Marsha's friends believe that there was foul play. Her death was not picked up by mainstream media. We knew that she, she were, towards the end, she was getting more fragile. I think she was getting sicker. Uh, and she, I got a phone call and they said Marsha had come up from the bottom of the river. And it was true. Marsha may have hallucinated and thought she saw her father in the bottom of the river, or might have thought that she could walk home across the river to here in Hoboken on the water. You know, or she could have been harassed and jumped in the river to escape. We'll never really know. The word went out in the community that Marsha had been found in the river and uh, supposedly it was a suicide. And she had been harassed in that area. Obviously, this was some kind of shady killing that had gone on. But unsurprisingly, the cops just twiddled their thumbs and said, no, no, it's a suicide. It's a, it's a black gay person. We don't care. We're not going to investigate any further. And everybody was outraged. When we gave Marsha the funeral up at the church, uh, we hadn't counted on hundreds of people coming. If church was packed, they had to stop the people from coming in. And it was going to be carried down to the river. Well, we had arranged to go on the sidewalk, but I looked around and there were literally hundreds and we couldn't. So on the outside, I talked to one of the police, wh whom I knew. I had a store on Christmas Street, so I knew most of them. I said, look, her family, I can't do it. You know, you've got to give me the street. And we said, we can't give you the street. You need a permit, yada, yada, yada. I said, look, it's for Marsha. And the head cop looked and he said, Marsha was a good queen. He said, go ahead, give them the street. And we got the street for Marsha's funeral. So it was that kind of effect that Marsha would have, which Tommy is talking about. People you wouldn't expect a chief of police to suddenly close down 7th Avenue because Marsha Johnson was going to be carried down to the river. As a black, poor, gay, non-gender conforming person, Marcia certainly knew what it was like to be marginalized. Despite Marcia's own physical and mental health issues, she spent most of her life helping others. Marcia's drive to continually show up as her true self and fight for the rights of others is truly commendable. A monument in Marsha P. Johnson's name is set to be unveiled in New York's Greenwich Village in 2021, almost 30 years after her death. A new generation is beginning to know who Marsha P. Johnson was. This concludes our four-episode Black History Month Spotlight. I hope you've been inspired by Marsha, Shirley Chisholm, William Grant Still, and Jean-Michel Basquiat. I chose these people because for me, they represent living life the way you want and not being confined to stereotypes. Sometimes, simply being who you are is a form of protest for marginalized people. Thank you for listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and please leave us a review. To learn more about this show and to access the show notes, visit our website, pushorpivot.com. I'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts and takeaways with me on Instagram at... Thank you for listening and join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.